Well, hello again. Like I just mentioned, we are launching a new message series today called Intersections. And it's really about the key questions that we need to ask when we don't know what to do. And the idea of an intersection is you're not exactly sure when it comes to decisions which way you're supposed to go. Should I go straight? Should I go right? Should I go left? Am I supposed to make a U-turn? And a lot of times when we face major decisions or just important decisions to us, we're not sure what to do. Uh, we experience a lot of pressure. We experience a great concern because we're not sure if the choice we're going to make is going to turn out for our good, if it's going to turn out for the good of those people that love us. And there can be a lot of confusion, a lot of anxiety. And so throughout this series, we're going to be looking at in those moments when you face these intersections, what questions can greatly help you determine which way you should go. And if you're like me, knowing where to go really helps, especially when driving. If you've ever been to Europe or somewhere where you've seen a roundabout, a roundabout is maybe the strangest thing you've ever experienced in driving if you've done it for the first time. In fact, you may experience kind of like this clip I wanted to show you. I guess what we do is just drive around this circle here. It should be the second left exit. There's a hotel. Hey, look, kids. There's Big Ben and there's Parliament. There it is, there it is, there it is. I know. I can't seem to get over to the left, honey. I'll try next time. Sorry. We'll get out of this jam in a minute. Kids, Big Ben, Parliament, again. Kids. We know Big Ben. Parliament. Look, kids, forget it. <laughs> it's amazing. I cannot get left. There's Big Ben, kids, Parliament. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's hilarious until you're that guy. And then you're looking at, how do I get left? I don't know how to physically do it without running over cars. And in that moment, that, that's kind of like we face with decisions. We, we get on multiple roundabouts when we face these important turns in the road. We're not exactly sure there's multiple options. We don't know how to get to the option that we want, or we may not even know which option is the best. And we feel like that. We're just spinning and spinning. And in our life, look, Big Ben again. And we don't get the traction. We don't get to move forward in life and make progress. And so the different roundabouts that we face uh, come in a variety of form. Uh, it could be financial pressure that you've experienced. Uh, maybe you had a budget and a certain idea about how this year would go with your spending, and maybe you didn't get the promotion that you wanted, or maybe you got laid off of your job. And this budget that you had in place and the decisions that you had made now don't make sense anymore. And there's financial pressure, and you don't know what to do. Or maybe you've settled into a community, and you've settled into a church, and your family's finally starting to make traction, and then you get a new job offer that's in a totally different area, and you'd have to move. What should you do? Or with kids, if you're young parents, you may just wake up every day like, like, what do I do? Like, with them. And it's from, like, what should I feed them to? When do they start learning? When do they know what wrong is? And you just find these roundabouts. You're not exactly sure. Am I supposed to go left or right here? And there's lots of pressure that we experience. 
You may be in college and you're approaching graduation and you know you've majored in something for a certain reason and you get to the end of college and you're like, what was that four years for? You ever felt that? And you're just at the the end of the path thinking, well, what what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And your parents are saying, you're going to graduate and get a job. And you're like, well, what job? Where do I live? And all these things, right, left, you turn straight, the pressure mounts. We, we face these, these roundabouts. But as you make decisions and you decide where you're supposed to go, there's a key question that determines the route you should take. This is true for every single person, whether you have a relationship with God or you don't. It comes back to what is your purpose. So key question number one is, how does this fit into my purpose for living? If you're not sure what your purpose for living is, it's very difficult to know how you should make a decision in a specific circumstance or in a specific environment of your life. If you don't know your purpose, you don't know really the road that you're headed on. And we all try to discover purpose in a variety of ways. Uh, There's trial and error. That's kind of one of my favorites. I do that in a lot of life. I don't necessarily know what to do. I start doing it. It doesn't work. Okay, that wasn't the right choice. And then I make a a turn over here. And then, oh, something happens, that wasn't the right choice. And just trial and error, we try to figure out from mistakes. We try to figure out purpose that way. Or there's the the copycat approach. Someone in your life is successful, and they seem that they always make the right decisions at the right time. And so you try to put yourself in those positions where you do just like they do. But then it seems like it never turns out for you like it does for them. That's because it's their life, not your life. But even as we copycat, we're on these roundabouts. We're not sure... Why our decisions aren't turning out the same way. Or there's the handoff approach. That's, I don't know what to do. I don't know what, how everything's going to turn out. You make the decision for me. We just close our eyes like, please, may it turn out the way that we want. So we just kind of step back and maybe it will just unfold or maybe someone can help me. And all these things, they're not really wise approaches to figuring out your purpose. Because trial and error, what if you experience a lot of trial and a lot of error for the majority of your life, and you never really get forward to where you want to be? Or what if you hand off your decision for what your life should be, decision for where you should live, decision for what you should do, and the person that makes the decision doesn't really know what your purpose is? So you can experience a lot of pain that way as well. There's many approaches that we have for finding our purpose. But as you dig into the scriptures, we actually get this perspective that we can't find within ourselves. And that is that we were made for a reason. This is really the hope of Easter. As we celebrate Jesus Christ, the fact that he rose from the dead, the fact that he took our sins upon himself, in Jesus, we find purpose for life. There's many approaches that we can have But I'm here to tell you this morning that we discover our purpose from our maker. Like any created object, the created object reflects what the creator wants it to. Uh, There's a scripture that kind of describes a few things that come as we look to God as our maker. As we decide the handoff approach won't work, trial and error won't work because we've been burned from that, copycat doesn't work because we can't replicate this life by looking at others' success. When you get to the point where you decide, okay, I I want to figure this out, and I want to determine how God can help me figure this out. Once you do that, there's some things that flow 
as we look to God for our purpose. The first thing is, is he gives us understanding. There's a helpful uh, scripture in the book of Isaiah that describes this. You turn things upside down. Shall the potter be regarded as the clay that the thing made should say of its maker, he did not make me. Or the thing formed say of him who formed it, he has no understanding. Now, if you're like me, you, you haven't really seen maybe a lot of this clay potter scenario. So I have a little clip that kind of shows that process. Let's look at that. If you're like me, I would stick my finger on that and that whole thing would explode. So that's amazing just to see. But what the scripture is saying is you have little understanding if you regard yourself as clay, but are telling the potter what you're supposed to be. It's as if the pottery right there, the clay is saying, I want to be a bowl. And the potter is saying, no, you're, you're, you're going to be a, a vase. But no, I'm the bowl. And the, the potter's like, no, because I'm going to move my fingers right here and it's going to go up and you can't be a bowl like that. What the scripture is saying is you have no understanding if you think that you are clay and can tell the potter, the creator of the clay that forms it into what it's supposed to be, you have no understanding. You can't see how life works. So from the scripture, you see that when we connect to God and allow him as the creator to dictate what our life should be about, not make decisions for us, but rather give what we should live for, and then we base our decisions on that, we are the clay that's supposed to be claimed its appropriate position. We're not trying to be something that we're not. So we get understanding as we look to God as our purpose. Uh, we cannot understand everything as we face a decision. We can't know everything. We don't know the outcomes. But as the scriptures describe, God is the potter, we are the clay. He sees every turn. He sees every decision we make and the outcome of what that would be. He knows what's best for us. He knows us better than anyone because he created us. And he grants us understanding as we look to him. We also get meaning as we look to God as our maker. As we look to the creator, we get meaning. Uh, this is a rhetorical question in scripture, but it brings a good point. In Psalm 89, 47, it says, remember how short my life is. The psalmist is facing trouble and he's crying out to God. Why did you create us? For nothing? The psalmist was facing intense pressure problems. People were coming to get him to try to kill him. He wasn't sure what to do, how to do it, when to do it. And he just rhetorically asked God, did you create me for nothing? And he's saying, no, I, I know you didn't. The reason I'm crying out to you right now is I know you've created me for a purpose. My life is short. I don't have time to try to figure this out on my own. Guide me. Show me what I'm supposed to do. Show me how I'm supposed to do it. So there's this, this relationship that you see in Scripture again and again. As humans, we have this thing in our hearts where we try to figure out what we're here for, what life is all about. When we take a step back out of kind of all the busyness of life, there's something in our hearts because God has placed eternity in our hearts. 
God has placed this need for us to know him. Whether you're connected to him or not, there's this space in our hearts because he made us that there's a part where we want to know how life works. We want to know what it means to follow God. And there's different things that we choose to kind of fill that purpose for our life. And the psalmist here is saying, life is so short. I don't have time to figure this out. Guide me because I know I wasn't created for no reason. The other thing that we get is we look to God as our maker. And this is really where we see God as our guide is that he gave us Jesus to help us find our purpose. The reason we celebrate Easter today is because in the person of Jesus Christ, our purpose is laid before us. We can see because of Jesus Christ, we actually have a reason to live, to make wise choices, to make life count. The book of Colossians says this, for by him, him is referring to Jesus, all things were created. Jesus created you, Jesus created me. Then it goes on in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. This is one of those verses where you kind of keep looking at an out. Well, then what part isn't for him? And it's basically saying everything you can see is for him. Okay, what about I can't see? Well, it says everything invisible is for him. There's no way to wiggle out the fact that you cannot find your purpose and ultimate meaning for your life through, without the person of Jesus. Message, a paraphrase, says this. This kind of puts a different angle on it. It says, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and find its, what is that word? Purpose. In him. We find our purpose in Jesus Christ. Who does? Everything. Everything you can see, yes. Everything you can't see, yes. Everything above, yes. Everything below, yes. See, this scripture is helpful because for me, I kind of try to find loopholes. Are you that kind of person? Because there's always like, there's this path and this is the path you're supposed to go. But it's like, yeah, but what if? I don't like that path. That's fine. But the way life works is everything finds its purpose in Jesus. You you can't find the loophole in that. You can go your own way. You can decide to pursue life yourself and find meaning within yourself or the relationships that you have, but you can't find your purpose in any other way except through Jesus Christ. A lot of times you want to see loopholes or you want to find another way that's easier or you understand better. But the bottom line is, is this is the roadmap. This is how Jesus makes a difference today. Because of the life that he lived, the model he gave, the fact that he sacrificed for us, took our sin and our rebellion to kind of want to do our own thing, to want to find our own purpose within ourselves, He took that, lived a perfect life, and decided that he would be the way that we can connect and come back to God. We cannot find our purpose apart from Jesus Christ. I've experienced this in my own life. I know this to be true. I've looked for other ways to find fulfillment. I've looked for other ways to find meaning. 
I've looked for other ways to find understanding. But what I found is, outside of Jesus Christ, I keep on the roundabout. Look, Big Ben. I just stay on the roundabout. And after a while, as lofty and as nice as Big Ben is, you that's not what it is. My life wants to be about, I don't want to be circling this thing or going after this goal or pursuing this relationship to try to fill that void that only God can. I want to get away from this thing that I just keep hitting my head against and I want to make progress. And this is how you do it. It's through a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible again and again explains how we can connect to God. That's the beautiful thing about who God is. This isn't ambiguous or kind of this idea where we don't really know what we're supposed to do. In fact, the scripture always gives, this is what your life is about. This is how God wants to intervene in your life. And then this is what you need to do. The scriptures again and again give you, these are your to-do steps. And that is so helpful because we're not left trying to figure this out by ourselves. This is what the Bible says. A, A follower of Christ, somebody who's decided to get their purpose from their maker has done three key things. The first is, You have to admit that you are a sinner. We don't use sin a lot, but that word means that you've missed the mark. You've made a mistake. We all have to admit that because that's true of all of us. You have to admit that you're a sinner and you've you've rebelled and you've tried to go your own way. You've tried to just please yourself and make decisions that really are all about you. And you, you have to admit that before God. The next thing is you need to believe in Jesus Christ. So you admit your sin, and then you believe in Jesus Christ, that he, that he lived the life that he lived, that it's true in the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised again on the third day. You have to believe that Jesus is who he said he was. Because if you don't believe Jesus is who he said he does, then how can you find your purpose in him if you're not sure he is the real deal? right? It doesn't work. He asked to be who he said he was for us to find our purpose. And then finally, we have to commit. This is what the Bible says. You have to commit to follow Jesus for the rest of your life. We live for him, and in that, we find the purpose for which we were made. We decide, I will surrender to the creator. I'm no longer going to tell the creator what my life is supposed to be. I'm going to ask the creator, what my life is supposed to be. That's a condensed version of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Admit, believe, and commit. And at Church in the Valley, we want to help you learn how you do that, no matter where you are. If you're investigating what it means to follow Jesus, or you're following Jesus and you're just trying to figure out what it means in each area of your life, that's why we exist as a church. We want to help you come to know Jesus, and then we want you to learn what it means to follow him. To me, this is what Easter is all about, realizing that our purpose is found in our maker. You know, if you find your purpose or you know where your life is headed, there's a few things that happen. You actually can gain traction in your life. You make progress in your relationships. You also don't have to keep guessing as to what's important. If you're like me, sometimes the picture of trying to find out what's important is kind of like when you're a kid, you go in these phases and 
one week, like you, you have this favorite t- TV show and you want your parents to buy you the bedding, you want your whole room decorated. This TV show is the best thing ever. Uh, for me, I went through a Thomas the Tank Engine phase. I was young and now it's like full circle where my kids are getting Thomas the Tank Engine. I remember back in the day, Thomas the Tank Engine was what life was all about for me. I had this bean bag. I mean, I, I had the whole nine yards. They were British, okay? That's where I'm from. So it was like this connection, like I was seeing it all unfold, like Thomas the Tank Engine. And then I realized like, it's not real. And you get older and you're like, that bedding's not really cool anymore. In fact, can I put a blanket over it so my friends don't see? And then it's like the next thing. And then you, you pursue that. And then it's the next thing. And, and we go through fads in life. All of us do. But what happens is without this relationship with Jesus, the fad begins to dictate what we're all about. And it can be in a relationship with person. It could be the job that you have. There's something that each of us can find to try to fulfill our purpose. But Jesus shows us the way. And Jesus shows us how to live for our purpose. I want to spend the rest of the time walking through how Jesus allowed the purpose that God had for him when he lived his last days of earth, how, how Jesus really models what it means to live for God and for that to be the purpose that guided his decisions. You may know the Easter story, you may not, but it's interesting that what Jesus did as he faced death and as he faced taking the sins of the world on him, that he really was in an intersection. He was facing a decision. Would he do it? Would he not do it? And our decisions aren't really to that degree, right? We, we haven't had to really experience that. And we probably never will, even death to that point. But he was facing an intersection of his life, and he showed how the purpose of God guided him. This past week, I was reading an interesting verse. It's not on the screen, but it kind of shows the commitment that Jesus had. And he says, when the, the days drew near for him to be taken up, this is as, as the days drew, drew near for his life to end, for him to face death on a cross, a brutal death. The verse says this, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was where he would die. And you could imagine Jesus at this point in time, knowing what was to come, knowing that he would be betrayed, knowing that he would face the most gruesome death anyone has ever experienced. And not because of guilt, but because of the fact that he was perfect. He set his face to Jerusalem. He set his face to death. Why? Because he knew that that was the purpose Jesus had for him, or God had for him. He knew that that was the purpose for his life. He set his face. So it shows this, this commitment to living for the purposes of God. I want to walk through kind of the account of, of his last hours. In Mark 14, uh, we find this account, and I want to share this with you. It says, they went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, sit here. Do you scroll up a little bit so I can see that? Thank you. Sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point, you got to just go all the way up so I could see it. I don't have this memorized. To the point of death, stay here and keep watch with me. 
he went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. So I want to walk through three key things that Jesus did in this most important decision of his life as he faced the most crucial intersection, not only for him, but for the rest of the world. He modeled how God intersects with us in the midst of these these roundabouts that we experience. First, Jesus openly acknowledged the pressure and pain that he was experiencing. When you face major decisions, decisions that affect the outcome of those that you love or maybe your future and you're not sure that that pressure and maybe even just the pain of how is this all going to work out? What if I screw this up? And that pressure is mounting. Jesus gave a model to us. You, You openly acknowledge it before God. He says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He's talking to his three trusted disciples. So he was facing this just terrible circumstance that he was about to face, death. And he acknowledged it. He didn't keep it to himself. He didn't hide the fact that this was going to happen. In fact, he said, I'm experiencing this, this grief to the point where I don't know even what, how to handle it. And he invited those three to keep watch. It was really to to pray with him. So when you're facing pressure and pain on what to do as you face a difficult circumstance, as you face a difficult decision, Jesus models, you, you acknowledge it before God. You cry out to him. He will guide you. Even if you've never invited him in, to any aspect of your decision-making. If you cry out to him, he will guide you. And so I I encourage you, whatever you're facing, God will guide you as you you cry out to him. Next, Jesus, he prayed and he expressed to God what what was on his heart and mind, what, what he was experiencing. And he says, Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Abba, Father, it's basically this description in the original language of of daddy or like papa. And you imagine this picture of Jesus as he was about to face death and he knew that life for him was about obeying his father, God Almighty, who had sent him. And in the moment of this distress, all he could say was, daddy, daddy, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. But everything is possible for you. Please, if there's a way that this doesn't have to happen. I love the honesty. Please, this doesn't have to happen. Allow it to be. Now, what this shows is that a relationship with God through Jesus Christ Many times we have a picture that it's all about rules. What you do, what you shouldn't do. You go down this path, you don't go down this path. But you know, a relationship with God is just like this description. Daddy. It's a relationship with Almighty God where he leads you like a father leads his kids. If you're facing a decision you don't want to do, 
You don't need a manual that someone else wrote that don't know you. You need someone who's guiding you, who's leading you, who knows you, who knows how you are meant to live. You need a father as kids need fathers to, to lead them. And this is the relationship that God has. It's not about rules. It's about our relationship. We become frantic to obey rules. We just get this pressure of, what am I supposed to do? What am I not supposed to do? And it just mounts and mounts and mounts. And Jesus models in the midst of the trouble and pressure that you're facing, God, the creator of the entire world, everything visible and invisible, wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with me. This is the hope that we have. He wants to be our daddy. The last thing is equally important. Finally, Jesus shows us how to live with purpose. He surrendered to do God's will over his own. This is the key. As you decide that you want this relationship with God because he made you, and you may have some doubts, and you may not exactly know how he leads, but you, you, you've kind of seen that what you're looking at and the different avenues that you try to find your purpose, it doesn't work. What you see is, is that God begins to again and again show you his will. He begins again and again show you the steps that you should take. And this is the response of Jesus. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. If you follow Jesus and you have a relationship with him, you realize this is a daily choice that you have to make. Not my will, but yours. Not my priorities, my desires, my picture of success, but yours. It's a daily choice. It's a daily battle. I still wake up every morning and I want the world to revolve around me. Right? Am I the only one? No, because if you guys didn't want your life to revolve around you, it might revolve around me, and it doesn't revolve around me, so I think we all have the same problem. But we get to this point where we feel that friction of, do I really want to be the boss of my life? Do I really want control? And depending on the choices and the experiences that you've had, you realize that you're just on the roundabout. It's not working. And Jesus is showing us it works and purpose is fulfilled as it becomes about his will, not yours. Now, Jesus was the son of God. And you may be thinking, well, yeah, of course he could say that. He was the son of God but I'm a guy that's just trying to make ends meet, trying to lead my family, and I don't know how it's all going to work. See, Jesus had a relationship with God, and this relationship guided him through every decision he made. But what we have is we have the Scriptures, which show us when we face these intersections of life, we can learn to do God's will. We don't just kind of look on the horizon, think, well, I think I'm going to go that way and just test it out. No, God guides us, and he guides us through the Bible. And as you spend time reading the Bible and learning more about 
how God works, about what's important to him, the Bible actually begins to help us and inform us in the midst of these decisions that we face. Throughout the series, we're going to be looking at other questions that kind of in the moment allow us to clarify how to live for God's purpose. So I want to invite you back. If you're interested in just kind of learning more about how God enters in into the relationship with you and how it works, throughout this series, we're going to be looking at the God factor and the important decisions that you make in your life. So invite other friends. We want to welcome you here to, to just dig into this for us to all learn how does this work? How does this all tie in together? How does this fit into my purpose for living? I'd like to ask you to take out your connection card and walk through some next steps. Uh, each Sunday, we talk about next steps because it's always helpful to leave knowing something that you can do, something you can think through, an action that you can take. Next steps actually help us uh, to grow. And so as the band comes up, I want to just walk you through what some next steps are. Uh, the first thing is I'd like you this morning to take a spiritual survey. On Easter, it's always a good opportunity to kind of get a picture of where are you? All that I've talked about this morning in God and discovering your purpose, where are you? Not where is your family or historically, where have you been, but where are you this morning? And so there's, there's four options I wanted to give you that gives you just a picture of, of where you're at. This could be a help because you can clarify this is the path that I'm on. Uh, the first thing is, is uh, spiritual survey is A, you're already a believer. You believe in Jesus Christ and you may not know all his purpose for your life, but you, you follow him and, and you try to discover what he has for you. A B, believing today. I want to invite you, if you've never admitted that you're a sinner if you've never believed in Christ and decided to commit to him, you can make that decision today. If you're ready to do that, God will hear you and you can commit your life to follow him to discover your purpose. If you want to do that, we would love to help you walk through what that looks like for your life. And so if you put B, believing today, we will clarify with you and allow you to see what that decision looks like. So go ahead and circle that. C is considering at Church in the Valley, if you're considering, you are welcome here. We want you to be able to investigate more about who God is, more about Jesus Christ. That book, The Case for Easter, if you're investigating, that'd be a good book to read. It's about an atheist that was investigating whether Jesus was real. And as he was investigating, he actually decided to commit his life to Christ. So if that just kind of is where you're at, you're skeptical, you're not sure how it all works, but you're considering, Jesus can be investigated. He can be discovered. He wants to be discovered. He's not a mystery to us completely. And so you can mark C. And then D is I don't think I'll, I'll ever believe. We want to know that. Not because we're going to come to your house and knock on your door, right? But because we want to know that you're welcome here as well. We're glad you're here. And we will pray for you as well. And so you can mark A, B, C or D this morning. And that's just a good way of you saying, this is, this is where I'm at, okay? 
Uh, the second next step is come back to the rest of the series. If you're interested in learning just more about how to make decisions in a way that pleases God, come back. I invite you to do that. If you're interested in getting plugged in, you can sign up for a life group, as I explained earlier. Great way to talk more about this stuff. Uh, a lot of times on a Sunday, I spend all the time talking, and you spend time listening, but in a group, you actually get the, t- the chance to talk and dialogue with other people. That's a, that's a high value. And then you can a- attend the 301 or the 401 if you've attended those classes before. So those are a few of the next steps. Uh, once again, we're glad you're here. We invite you to celebrate with, with us today and join for the food and hang out and get to know people that you don't know. And uh, we hope to, to get to know you better as well. Let's pray together. God, you are creator, and we can discover our purpose in you because we are the creation. And God, I know I speak for myself. Many times I look to be self-defined, to discover things on my own, and it's so easy to be skeptical. But God, I know that as I've turned to you and as many people have turned to you, you are a trustworthy God. You are a God that wants to be known. You're a God that, that shows us what it means to live for you and how this impacts every decision that we make. And so, God, I pray for those people that are considering what it means to follow you, that you will draw near to them, that you will connect dots that are missing. If there's anyone here that's just not sure they'll ever believe, God, I pray that your hope will, will pour on them, that they will see that This is a process that because you are a daddy, you do not cut us off. You accept us. And God, for those of us that are just trying to figure out what it means each day to live for you, help us to trust in you in the midst of the unknown when we're not sure where to go and what to do. And God, ultimately, we want your will, not ours. And we need your help to do this, especially as we're just of little faith or concerned. So God, we thank you that you do clarify, you do lead us, and you do guide us. In the name of Lord Jesus, amen.